Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB, and it is Friday. It's three thirty in the afternoon. We're going to be going over my start sit charts for the weekend. I just covered the majority of these start sit charts yesterday, uh, so if you haven't checked out that video, you can do that as well. But we're going to be looking at the afternoon games and the Sunday night, Monday night contests. And uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of the start sit charts and some of the practice reports that we got going on here. Uh, so like I said, we already got the part one out of the way. You can check that out if you have not already. Uh, and then we're just on the fantasyfellowship.com. I got all my charts here. We went over all the noon stuff already. But I did hold off on this Falcons and Vikings game. Uh, luckily, the Falcons were able to get back into their facility today to practice. So that's a really good sign. I think I believe this game is going to be on schedule for noon on Sunday. So uh, let's talk about this game for a little bit here. Uh, we're gonna start with the. This is a real. This is probably the most exciting fantasy matchup of the the noon slate because uh, we got the fantasy points allowed here. And look at all the green matchups we got here. Uh, so the the Falcons are allowing the most points to the quarterbacks. You know, right now with about thirty points per game, the Vikings are about twenty points per game. So expect a lot of passing yards for both guys. I have. Uh, Matt Ryan, of course, as a quarterback one. Kirk Cousins is definitely usable in super flex leagues. I don't know if I trust him for quarterback one leagues. But for sure, super flex leagues, you can plug him in there. Uh, looking at the running back situation, the Falcons are allowing another basically 30 points to the running backs here. The Vikings about 25. So the Vikings are a little bit below average here, but they're, they're decent. Uh, and then the receiver positions, you know, these are ones that we're going to want to attack this weekend as well. Uh, Atlanta allowing about 42 fantasy points. You know, these are PPR points to the receiver position. The Vikings about 44. So these are two big weaknesses uh, in the defense there. And then you got the Falcons allowing, I mean, they, they let Robert Tanyan walk all over them that one Monday night a couple weekends ago. Uh, so they are second to last in, in fantasy points to the tight end spot. So about almost 22 points to the tight ends here for the Falcons. And the Vikings, they're decent. They're only allowing about 11 points here. So maybe Hayden Hurst is a, a little bit tough spot here. Uh, but looking at the start sit charts for this Falcons-Vikings game, you got Matt Ryan, uh, quarterback one. You're going to use Todd Gurley as a running back two. And I think he's got upside of an RB1. He's been getting touchdowns this year. And uh, he's, he's healthy. So every week that you have Todd Gurley, make sure you get him in. Uh, like we said here, the Vikings are allowing about 25 PPR points to the running back. So maybe if Gurley can get a touchdown or two, he's looking at 18, 20 points on the upside there. Uh, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver one. Don't question that at all. Uh, Julio Jones, though, let's take a look at the practice participation here for Atlanta today. So good. They already got their Friday news in here. Uh, so Julio Jones, he got a limited day in. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, but that's really good to see that uh, he gets to limited in today. That means he's you know, the, the possibility of playing is open. Uh, so I think we're going to have to check out tomorrow, see what's going on with their walkthroughs. And he's probably a game time decision on Sunday. But because of this limited practice here, I think I'm going to lean towards Julio Jones being, you know, in on our lineups. And then you got Russell Gage here. He, he logged limited practices all week. I think that's really it for the offensive pieces here. Uh, so I think Julio is going to play. You can plug him in if you got him. He's going to, I mean, I'm probably going to move him up now to wide receiver two or three. Uh, like we said here, the Vikings, man, uh, 44 PPR points to the receiver. So if Julio's in, I'm putting him in in all my lineups. Uh, the one guy that I have a question is on is going to be Hayden Hurst. We did talk about the Vikings not allowing a ton of points uh, to the tight end position. They did let Will Disley catch a touchdown last week, though. On uh, Was that Monday or Sunday night football? I think it was Sunday. 
So Will Disley just had the one catch, one touchdown, uh, and I think they limited Greg Olson to one catch for 20 yards. So uh, you're hoping for a touchdown with Hayden Hurst or maybe, you know, four or five catches. So I think he can be a low-end tight end one play. Uh, and then as far as Russell Gage, Olamide Zacchaeus, Brian Hill, you know, Smith, I'm probably just leaving these guys on the bench. It's a really good spot for Russell Gage. So I get it. If you are in a pinch and you need to throw out some receiver uh, because you got, I don't know, Manuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, anybody that's on a bye this week, uh, you could use Russell Gage as a low end wide receiver three play. But on the Viking side of things, we talked about Kirk Cousins being a super flex quarterback too. Uh, Alexander Madison, if you're lucky enough to have him, or plucked him off the waiver wire. He's he's a, he's a running back one this week. Uh, we see the Falcons are not good against the running backs, allowing about 30 PPR points to the backs here. Alexander Madison's probably going to get 80% of the touches there. They're going to use Mike Boone a little bit, kind of how they used Alexander Madison with Cook. Uh, but you're going to see a lot of touches for Alexander Madison, a handful of grabs, uh, probably at least 20 touches in this one. So I love Madison for a smash spot there. Adam Thielen locked and loaded in your lineups as the wide receiver one. He's already got six touchdowns on the year, so he's playing great uh, football right now. And like we said, Falcons, very generous to quarterbacks, very very generous to everybody. Look at all these, these green rankings here, four out of four. Uh, so you want to make sure you get Thielen in there. Uh, Justin Jefferson. He kind of let us down against Seattle on Sunday Night Football, but uh, I'm willing to go back to the well with him. He's a wide receiver, three flex. And then uh, Irv Smith. I'm super interested in Irv Smith because, like we said, the Falcons just let Robert Tanyan catch three touchdowns. Uh, Irv Smith caught four or five targets on sun, uh, Sunday night against the Seahawks. I think he had 64 yards. So that's 10.4 fantasy points. So if you are in a pinch at the tight end position and you want to roll the dice there, I could see Irv Smith maybe stacking another game here with four or five targets and uh, maybe finding the end zone like Robert Tanyan did. Uh, but overall, man, this is going to be hopefully a high-scoring game. Both, basically, the I mean, the Falcons are already 0-5. The Vikings really need this uh, to save their season and get it headed back in the right direction. I think the Vikings are on bye next week. Um, so it looks like Dalvin Cook will be uh, get another full week of rest, and then I think Cook will be back after the bye. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, get your, I mean, this is, start your studs in this one. Consider Hayden Hurst. Consider, make sure, I, I think you got to play Justin Jefferson. So uh, enjoy this game. I think it's going to be on the Red Zone channel quite a bit. So uh, fun game there. Uh, one other news of note here, the Denver and New England uh, Broncos game here, the Patriots had a, a positive or one or two positive tests today. Uh, they haven't made any announcements about this game being moved. As far as I know, it's still on schedule to play. Uh, but then the other part of the news here was Melvin Gordon was sent home today with an illness. I don't believe it was COVID related, but there's a good chance that maybe now he's not playing this weekend. Um, so I guess my running backs, uh, the Broncos take here would be if Melvin Gordon plays, I'm not excited about Gordon or Lindsay. The Patriots are very good against the running backs here, allowing the, you know, 21 fantasy points per game. Uh, that's fifth best. Uh, so it's going to be a tough spot for these running backs either way. So if Gordon plays, I don't really like either of these guys. They're both low-end RB2 flexes. If Gordon's out, I think you're going to play Philip Lindsay as a running back two flex. So we'll see how that goes. But if Gordon plays, you're going to play him. Uh, just lower expectations. It's probably not going to be the best opportunity for running back points this weekend. But that covers all the noon games that I didn't cover yesterday in the video. So we're going to be looking at the afternoon games. Uh, it's kind of a weird slate. We only have two 3 o'clock games. This one's going to be the early game at 3.05 here. The Jets and the Dolphins. Let's take a look at the at the points allowed here to the to the positions. Only two green matchups here. Really no, there's really no strengths of these defenses. They're all kind of middle of the road. Uh, but the ones that stick out are the Jets 
uh, on the running backs here, allowing almost 31 PPR points. The Dolphins allowing about 20 points to the quarterback position. So, uh, but for the most part, these teams are basically average in everything else. So I'm not really saying, oh, starters sit these guys because there's good spots there. But the Dolphins do have a pretty good defense against tight ends, uh, even though we weren't really interested in Herndon or the Jets tight end. So it's kind of whatever. Uh, but looking at the start sit charts, Joe Flacco, he's getting a start this weekend. I got him as a low end desperation quarterback two in Superflex League. So if if you're in a dire situation, sure, Joe Flacco could sub in for a Drew Brees or somebody else in Superflex League or Derek Carr or something. Uh, Frank Gore with a question mark. He's gonna get he's gonna get touches. He's gonna probably get you know 15 carries in this one at least. It's a little bit of a revenge game for Adam Gase going against the Dolphins and Frank Gore going against the Dolphins. So we'll see uh, how Frank Gore goes. I would expect anywhere between 15 and 20 touches in this one. So he's purely a volume play. Uh, he's not a very good PPR play at all. Ceiling of, I mean, a floor of like six or seven points, I think at best. Uh, but the one piece that I think I'm going to recommend to people, and I think people know it now, is Jamison Crowder. Joe Flacco's going to feed him with targets. There's really nothing else that is fruitful for fantasy. Maybe Jeff Smith. If we look at the opportunity report for last weekend, let's take a look and see how these New York Jets fared with the Joe Flacco. Uh, almost there. So against, since, against the Cardinals last weekend, Joe Flacco, 18 of 33, 195 yards and one touchdown. He added 20 yards on the ground, so that was a nice boost there. Uh, so Flacco, quarterback two potential. Now, uh, between Frank Gore and Le'Veon Bell, they did rush the ball 21 times for 90 yards. Um, so maybe you're, you're looking at Frank Gore, like I said, the 15 to 20 touches there on the ground. As far as the receivers, we actually see Jeff Smith with 99% of the snaps here. That's pretty outstanding. He had 11 targets, three catches, 23 yards. So I did have him on the start sit charts ranked in, as a wide receiver three flex. He's a desperation play. He's going to get volume, I think. Uh, we don't expect the Jets to be winning this game, so they're going to have to throw the ball, I think, and they're just going to let Flacco kind of fling it around. Uh, but then you got Jamison Crowder. He was on the field for 52 snaps, 75%. Uh, eight catches, 116 yards, one touchdown, all on 10 targets. So Crowder, uh, if I had to recommend one jet to get in your lineup, it's going to be Jamison Crowder. If you really need the wide receiver help, though, like we said, Jeff Smith, he was on the field for 99% of the snaps last weekend, and then he did get uh, a whopping 11 targets. It's a terrible efficiency rate, only three catches on 11 targets. That's no great. That's not great at all. Uh, but we do like the opportunity here for Jeff Smith. So if you're in a pinch, you can use a receiver like him as your flex. Uh, not interested in Rashad Perriman, Chris Herndon. I'll watch LaMichael P. Ryan to see if he gets some some added snaps. Uh, Braxton Berrios, Ryan Griffin. We're just we're not trying to rely on the Jets for fantasy football at all right now. Uh, besides Jamison Crowder, maybe. So just looking at their their situational uh, practices here. Looks like Brashad Perriman was limited all week. It sounds like he's going to play. Uh, looks like nobody else for fantasy was on this list that we care about. Sam Darnold still not practicing, so we'll see what we can get him back next week. Uh, but then on the Miami Dolphins side of things, kind of like we talked about here, the Jets, not really good against anything. But they do allow a fair amount of points to the running backs here, but they rank 17th, 18th, 16th, you know, in these other positions here. So we're not afraid to target the Jets defense. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, man, if you got him, like in especially in a one quarterback league, if you have, you know, a guy like uh, Drew Brees on by or something, you can plug Ryan Fitzpatrick in as your quarterback one. He's a must start in Superflex league, so I love what he's doing right now. Uh, Miles Gaskin last week he got the goal line opportunities because Jordan Howard was uh, healthy and active. So as long as 
I mean, especially if Jordan Howard's inactive again, you got to like Miles Gaskin opportunities for goal line touchdowns. So he's an RB2, especially in PPR leagues. You're starting Devontae Parker. I got him listed as a wide receiver too. He could be even a wide receiver one this week. So I love the spot there. I think you got to keep rolling out Mike Jasicki. He had the one, I think it was like a 72 or 75 yard catch last weekend, showing off his great run after catch ability. Uh, so plug him in as your tight end one. And then the guy that kind of popped last weekend for the first time was Preston Williams. Let's take a look at their game log real quick. Where is Miami? Miami Dolphins. So uh, I got to change that. Uh, but anyways, Preston Williams, he was on the field for 60% of the snaps, saw five targets, four catches, 106 yards, and the one touchdown here. So he actually, I mean, five targets, if he gets another five targets, he's, they, they like to throw it deep to him. So he's got a chance to take one to the house uh, with any target if as long as they're going deep. So four catches, 106 yards, and the touchdown. Uh, that might have been this might have been the confidence, you know, game that he needed to get things rolling. He was kind of very frustrating the first four weeks, but he's he he looked really good when I rewatched that game. So I'm into Preston Williams as a low-end wide receiver three flex if you need it. And then I do have Isaiah four there with a question mark. I'm probably going to move him back down. He didn't really have a great game. Uh, only two targets, two catches, 23 yards, but he's their starting slot receiver. Uh, so He's had games with nine targets and 10 targets this year, so it's going to be hard to bet on. Uh, but if if you are in a, in a situation where you really need the help there, Isaiah Ford sometimes gets a lot of targets. Um, I might be interested. I guess the Dolphins' defense is probably the preferred streamer this weekend that would have been hanging around your waiver wire, so I can I can advise that for sure. And then the other maybe thing I'm watching is going to be Matt Breida, especially if Jordan Howard's inactive again. Matt Breida was on the field for a season-high 31% of the snaps, nine rushes for 28 yards. He only gets the one target, but it was the 31-yard catch. So I'm really interested to see. I mean, that's 10 total touches for Matt Breida last weekend. So if he gets another 10 touches this week, he might be entering, you know, low-end running back two flex territory. And if anything happens to Gaskin, Breida's going to be the one guy uh, that you're interested in. So maybe if you need the, the running back help and Breida's out there, um, I mean, injuries happen, COVID happens, all this weird stuff happens. And if they're not interested in Jordan Howard anymore, maybe Matt Breida gets some more work as the season goes on. Uh, but yeah, Jets, Dolphins, it's not going to be, like we said, there's only two afternoon games on TV or I mean in that time zone. So this is going to be the game that's probably just in the background for me because the gem of the afternoon games is going to be this America's Game of the Week, Green Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, great defenses, good secondaries, good pass rushes. This is going to be uh, – this is playoff football potentially here. So uh, really fun game. This one's in Tampa Bay. Now let's take a look at these defenses and their fantasy points allowed. A lot of red here, guys. The Packers actually have a very, very stout defense right now. They're allowing a lot of running back points, but they're kind of locking down quarterbacks, receivers, and tight ends. Only 8.5 tight end points. Um, so that's really interesting because we do like we're interested in Cameron Bright, Rob Gronkowski for a little bit. Uh, but we see a lot of red here. Uh, Packers about 17 and a half points. The quarterbacks, the Buccaneers at 14 points to the quarterbacks. Uh, you got, again, the Packers allowing almost 35 points to the running backs in PPR leagues. Tampa Bay middle of the road here, about 23 and a half. You're still going to like Aaron Jones. Uh, so no problem there. Uh, the Packers against the receivers, about 34 and a half points. Buccaneers about 35. These are... I mean, I could have listed this one as red. I, I tend with these red rankings, I tend to do uh, the top 12. Uh, I guess the best 12 defenses are going to get red. So that's one through 12, meaning that's like a quarterback one. You know, there's 12 teams in the league or something. So I tend to do it that way. 
And then for the green rankings, I tend to do it 21 through 32 because that's the, you know, the, the most 12 defenses that we want to attack. Uh, so that's kind of how that goes for me. Um, but then, yeah, everyone's really solid here. So looking at the start-sit charts, we almost kind of have to ignore this and assume that points will be scored uh, as the excitement and adrenaline is running in this game. Both teams really want to get things going here. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, both quarterback ones, uh, especially Tom Brady because he gets Godwin back. And I think the two times we've seen him with Godwin, he's been really good with Chris Godwin, and it's just made the offense uh, more efficient and moving on third downs and whatnot. So I think both guys grayed out as a quarterback one for me this week. Uh, you got Aaron Jones locked and loaded as the running back one. You got Devontae Adams back healthy, locked and loaded as your running or wide receiver one. You're starting Mike Evans. You're starting Chris Godwin. Uh, the cool part is that Evans, Godwin, and Adams, all these guys, uh, full participants in practice, I believe. Let me just double check that so I'm not talking out of my, my ass. Um, Mike Evans, limited practice. Chris Godwin, full practice. Uh, so they both don't carry in injury designations going into this one. So we're going to get all, all three of these receivers healthy, which is great news. Uh, and then that's, I mean, these are the locks. You, know, you got to get Jones, Adams, Evans, Godwin. The ball is going to be going to these guys all day. Uh, the running back here, RB2, Aaron, uh, Ronald Jones. I think Leonard Fournette's going to be active this one. Um, he was active last week in an emergency role, uh, but he was able to log limited practices all week. So I don't know if they're going to rush him back in there. Maybe he gets four or five carries, but it's going to be, the way Ronald Jones is running right now, guys, he's had back-to-back 100-yard days. Green Bay Packers, like we said, a lot of points to the running backs here. So I think you gotta you got to roll Ronald Jones out there. And I, I mean, I really like to watch Ronald Jones play. He's, he's physical, he's tough, and he's got some long speed. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me to, to see him, you know, burst a couple long runs, maybe bust one for a touchdown against this Packers rush defense. Uh, so it's a really good spot for Jones. And then we got to look at the tight ends and these flex players here. If you were able to grab Robert Tanyan, I think you're, you're probably going to roll him out as your tight end one, a streaming tight end one. Um, we see the Buccaneers only allowing about 11 points to the tight ends, but uh, we've seen that with, I think, what, Tanyan has five or six touchdowns in the last three or four games. When they get close to the red zone, Rodgers is looking for Tanyan's way. And now that Devontae Adams is back, you might see a little bit more coverage rolling to him, focus on Jones, maybe Tanyan's getting those nice one-on-one matchups. Uh, and then I do list Marquez Valdez-Scantling here as a wide receiver three flex, uh, just because in the two games that Adams played, MVS has played really well. Week one and week two were, were the best games of the season for MVS. And now that Adams is back, uh, teams won't be able to bracket MVS the way they were doing. So if you do have Marquez, I I think he's got a shot at wide receiver three flex numbers this weekend. And uh, for him, all it really takes is that one 60, 70 yard bomb uh, to make your day. So I'm interested in MVS. Uh, guys on the bench, Jamal Williams. And then I did list Equinemius St. Brown here. He's a guy that I'm keeping my eye on. They activated him uh, off of IR this weekend. And I mean, to be honest, this, this team doesn't really have a healthy wide receiver three right now uh, with Lazard on the shelf uh, with his core surgery right now. So I'm keeping an eye on who kind of emerges as that third, fourth receiver in terms of snaps and who's just on the field a lot with Rodgers. Um, so just keep an eye on that. On the Tampa Bay side of things, we kind of talked about Tom Brady. We talked about Ronald Jones in a really good spot here against the second worst uh, rushing defense here, allowing the 31st uh, most points here. Uh, and then you got uh, Evans Godwin locked into your lineups. And then what do we do with these tight ends? Because the Packers are allowing only 8.5 uh, points to the running or to the tight end. So Cameron Brate, Rob Gronkowski, both these guys are going to be on the field a lot. Uh, they're both kind of boom bust flex 
tight end streamers, I think, this weekend. Uh, both I could see either one scoring a touchdown, maybe even both, because Mike Evans and Godwin are going to command so much respect and attention from the secondary that uh, maybe Brady just kind of keeps dumping it off to these tight ends when they get to the red zone. So if I had to choose one, I'm probably rolling with Cam Bray just because he seems a little bit more consistent than Gronk. Uh, Bray has already scored a touchdown this year, and I think he just had four or five catches last week. So uh, if you're in a pinch and both those guys are available, I could see one of them being a tight end one. Uh, I do have Scotty Miller listed here as a potential flex, but like we said, Packers are pretty good against the receivers. Uh, but with Scotty Miller, all it takes is one play for him to make your day. So I have him as a flex. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but if you're in a pinch, uh, you can do, I mean, he's got, he's got the big playability. So I like Scotty Miller's game. Uh, we're not, I don't think we're starting Tampa Bay's defense. I don't want to touch anything to do with this Rogers and Green Bay Packers offense right now. It's just, just too hot. It's coming off a bye week. They're fresh and uh, they're ready to go. So uh, nothing else really here to keep an eye out for Sunday, but yeah, man, this is America's game of the week. It's going to be probably the, one of my favorite games to watch the entire weekend. So uh, make sure you get your guys in. Enjoy. We got Adams back. We got Chris Godwin back. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. So Brady versus Rodgers. We'll see how it goes. And then uh, on to the Sunday night football game here. Uh, Los Angeles Rams at the 49ers. Let's take a look at the defense and the fantasy points allowed here. Uh, a lot of red. <laughs> um, the 49ers defense is still pretty good. They did let Miami Dolphins kind of whip them around last weekend, but that's kind of an outlier uh, on the season so far. They're allowing about 19 points to the quarterback. Uh, this is a really good number here. Only 17 PPR points to the running backs. Uh, so I'm kind of not excited to get Daryl Henderson or Cam Akers uh, in my lineups this weekend. Uh, to the receivers, they're allowing about 33 points. And to the tight ends, very good against tight ends, only nine points per game here. So uh, looking at the 49ers, they are at home. We still don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing in this one. Let me check the, the practice reports real quick here. Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, so he's logged two full practices. Um, I, we don't know what he did today. So if he practices again fully today, I have to expect that we're going to see Jimmy G in there. Uh, he's, he's just a quarterback tune super flex. If you need it, uh, I can see if you're going to be scared to start him because of what he did last weekend, he got benched. I don't know if he got benched or he just got, uh, just subbed out essentially because the, the ankle injury wasn't going well, or I don't know. Uh, but he's just a quarterback too in super flex leagues. You got to start. I think Raheem Mostert and George Kittle are the only two must starts of this 49ers offense here. I'm interested in Debo Samuel. I'm interested in Brandon Ayuk, uh, but I don't think we can trust Jarek McKinnon anymore. Uh, we need to see a couple more games with him and Raheem Mostert to get a good gauge on how that's going to look. Uh, Kendrick Bourne scored two touchdowns in the last two weekends, but he's too boom bust to trust. Uh, and then Jeff Wilson, he's just a low end emergency uh, guy to keep on the end of your bench. But what do we do with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk? Let's take a look and see how this offense looked last weekend. And it's weird because they did have half a game from Garoppolo, half a game from CJ Beathard. Uh, but you see Brandon Ayuk, 97% of the snaps. Debo Samuel, 89%. So it's really good. It looks like Debo is fully healthy and uh, running as much as he needs to. He had eight targets last weekend. So only two catches for 19 yards. That's a little concerning. But I do, I, I mean, I appreciate these targets. They're always going to try to get him a rushing attempt or two. Uh, so I think... Between Ayuk and Debo, I feel comfortable uh, rolling out Debo as a wide receiver three flex more than Ayuk. Uh, but then even with Ayuk, I mean, he's on the field a lot. He got six targets last weekend. Sometimes they give him the carrier too. And uh, you see three catches for 44 yards. So I think both guys are low-end wide receiver three plays. And um, it really depends on who's going to be drawing the most coverage, I think, from Jalen Ramsey. But I think they're going to do a good – the 49ers always do a pretty good job of moving these guys around and try to get them opened. Uh, so I think both those guys could be useful for us this week. 
but yeah, that's pretty much it on the Niners side. On the Rams side, I got Jared Goff here as a quarterback too. Like we said, we, we talked about this. The 49ers are allowing about 19 points to the quarterback here. It's a little bit generous, but Ryan Fitzpatrick just dialed it in against his defense last week. We know the 49ers are really dinged up. So I kind of like Jared Goff as a quarterback too in Superflex. He's a fringe quarterback one option for you if you need it. Uh, but then, of course, you're starting the receivers, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. These guys don't need to leave our lineups um, any week. It doesn't really matter on the matchups. You're going to take the high with the lows. Uh, but it seems like I'm, I'm pretty sure both guys uh, through five weeks, they've only had one bad matchup each, maybe two at the most. So, uh, you know, 70% of the time, these guys are having good games for us. Robert Woods is scoring touchdowns, too. So he's got three touchdowns on the year. Uh, that's really good to see. So I love both Woods and Cup. We talked about the tight ends. The 49ers are pretty good against only nine points here. I have Higby listed as a tight end one. I don't really feel comfortable about it. Uh, we just saw Gerald Everett last weekend. Let's take a look here at the Rams stats. Uh, so Gerald Everett last weekend, he out-targeted Tyler Higby. Four catches, four targets, uh, 90 yards. Higby only two targets. He caught both of them for 12 yards. So this is kind of concerning here. Uh, considering that 56 snaps for Higby, 30 snaps for Everett. So, I mean, we were excited about Higby. He had that really nice three-touchdown game uh, earlier in the season. But all of a sudden, I'm a little bit nervous to start those guys, uh, and especially in a tough matchup against the 49ers. I can see myself benching Tyler Higby uh, for maybe a guy like Robert Tanyan, maybe for a even a Cameron Braid, because we just feel more comfortable with uh, the touchdown opportunities there. So, uh, and then you got these running backs, Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. We saw Sean McVay say that, yes, he wants to get Cam Akers uh, more involved as the season progresses. So you're looking at uh, last week's snaps here. You got Daryl Henderson, 29 snaps, Malcolm Brown, 26 snaps, and Cam Akers, 13 snaps. Uh, the way the rushing attempts went were 15 for Henderson, eight for Brown, and nine for Akers. So Akers was on the field less than Brown, but he got the ball more. Um, nine for 61 uh, total yards. So I think Cam Akers is slowly going to be worked into this offense and probably he's going to start being the lead uh, snap getter in this backfield. But again, it's a three-headed mess. I can't really feel comfortable advising any of them. We did see Daryl Henderson score the two touchdowns last weekend, one you know on the ground, one through the air. He also was the most targeted back, you know, three catches for 30 yards. So I like, I think I lean Henderson more than I do Akers in a tough matchup like this. Uh, but at best, these guys are both low-end RB2 flex, you know, material here. And then we're not really interested in any of these other back, uh, bench guys. Gerald Everett, man, he's he's a very good tight end. He's in the four, final year of his rookie deal. I have a feeling we're going to see Gerald Everett get a pretty good contract and free agency next year. And uh, he, he has all the tools to be a feature tight end. So I really like Gerald Everett. I mean, if anything happened to Tyler Higby, we're going to be looking at Everett as one of those must-ads on the waiver wire. Um, so I have this thing where I like to do uh, the work. It's called the preemptive pickup where uh, I try to leave one spot on my bench uh, and maybe towards Friday or Saturday, I'll add a guy that I think if he has one big game this Sunday or if there's an injury or something shakes his way, he's going to be a high priority on the waiver wire next weekend. So we did see Everett blow up uh, last weekend with the 90 yards and a touchdown. So I think Everett, he might be a guy to keep an eye on in case he has another big game this week. So really fun game, NFC West showdown. Uh, the 49ers need to win, man. They're reeling on offense. They can't really figure out their quarterback situation right now. So I like I like the way the Rams are playing right now. So I'm, I'm kind of interested in that game to see how it goes. Uh, Monday, Monday afternoon football. I should have said afternoon here. It's not night, but it's 4 p.m. Central time, uh, which is a weird Monday night time zone you know, game for us. But we got the Kansas City Chiefs 
and the Buffalo Bills. This one's in Buffalo. Let's take a look at the fantasy points allowed here. Uh, we got a couple green matchups here. Uh, Buffalo's allowing a lot of quarterback points here, almost 22 quarterbacks or 22 quarterback points uh, per game. The Chiefs are allowing a good amount of running back points as well, almost 28 points to the running backs in PPR formats. And then the Bills are allowing a lot of tight end points, 21 uh, PPR points to the tight end. So Travis Kelsey is going to be a smash play this weekend. He's probably my favorite guy um, for tight ends, DFS, all that stuff. Uh, but I, I do want to see here the, the reports here because if Buffalo is missing their linebacker here, Matt Milano, he logged a full practice today. But uh, we did see Jono Smith just score two touchdowns against this team. I think it was because Milano was out, and that's just kind of the weakness of the defense then. But, I mean, they got two really good linebackers. We'll see if they can keep Travis Kelsey at bay. But like we said, 21 points per game to the tight ends here in PPR. So that's really good uh, for the, the Kelsey and the Chiefs. Um, looking at some of the the, uh, the red matchups here, the Chiefs are only allowing about 17 points to the quarterback. It is Josh Allen, so you're going to keep rolling up Josh Allen as your quarterback one. I mean, we just saw Derek Carr go out there and beat this team in Kansas City, so I'm, I'm open to anything happening here. Uh, the Bills are pretty good against the running backs, about 22 points per game there in PPR. The Chiefs are very good against the receivers here, only 28 and a half points, but I still think you're going to start Stephon Diggs no matter what he is absolutely destroying it in, in Buffalo right now. So it's awesome to see him get the targets, get the yards, and it just looks like he's having fun. I think Minnesota uh, really kept his mood, and uh, he didn't really feel like himself. But it looks like Stephon Diggs is feeling really good in Buffalo, so you love that. And then I guess as far as points to the receiver here, uh, Buffalo's average, we'll see if Tredavious White plays, uh, and the Chiefs here, they're decent against tight end, about 12 points, but there's really not a tight end in Buffalo that we care about. Um, so start sit charts for this one. You're starting Mahomes. You're starting Josh Allen. You're going to start Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Oh, Le'Veon Bell, man. This is probably our last chance for Clyde Edwards-Alaire 70% uh, snap game. So you're starting Clyde Edwards-Alaire no matter what. You're starting Tyree Kill. You're starting Travis Kelsey. Those guys are all good to go. Uh, but then we got some flex options here because Sammy Watkins is out. I don't know the severity of his hamstring injury, but he's probably out at least two or three weeks. Uh, so you're going to see Nico Hardman and Demarcus Robinson step into more snaps. So let's just take a look at the Kansas City um, opportunity report here. So last week, Tyreek Hill, 63 snaps at receiver. Nico Hardman got 50. Demarcus Robinson, 49. So you see Sammy Watkins down here with 26 snaps. Uh, all those snaps are up for grabs. So you might even see, I mean, Hardman was 69%. Robinson was 68%. So these guys might even be in the 70s this week. I would expect Byron, Byron Pringle to step in as the number four and get some more snaps as well. Uh, but you got to like the opportunity for Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. These guys are both, they're kind of the same. They're both wide receiver three flexes, both going to be uh, immensely, you know, a bit of a risk. They're both going to have a, a crazy upside if everything hits. Uh, both guys are, are in, I don't know, they're in consideration to have a touchdown or two and both can go over 100 yards pretty easily uh, as the defense focuses on Tyreek and Kelsey. So both guys, to me, wide receiver three flexes. I'm going to watch Byron Pringle. Darrell Williams is just the backup, uh, but he's going to be Le'Veon Bell's backup next week. So uh, I don't think we're going to start the Chiefs defense against this one. The Buffalo Bills offense is still playing pretty well. Uh, we did see them hiccup against Tennessee, but I got to think they bounce back in this one. So on Buffalo's side of things, uh, you're starting Josh Allen. We talked about Stephon Diggs. Uh, Devin Singletary, he's still kind of a low-end RB2 PPR. I think we're going to see Zach Moss back this week, though. Uh, he did, yeah, Zach Moss is practicing in full, so that's really good. So that's going to hurt 
uh, Devin Singletary's upside just a little bit. So I might even actually, I might lower Devin Singletary to a, a flex play here. I don't feel strongly about him being an RB2, but like we said, the Chiefs do allow a good amount of points to the receivers or to the running backs here. So he's just a, a, a RB2 flex for me at the best. Uh, Cole Beasley and John Brown. Let's check out Buffalo's practice reports again. Uh, Cole Beasley's not on here, which is really good to see, but John Brown, he had that calf injury that he's been nursing for the last couple weeks. He's been logging full practices, so that's really awesome to see. Uh, so, yeah, Buffalo's getting healthy here. Everyone except Dawson Knox really is not practicing. Um, so, Buffalo, you're going to start Cole Beasley, I think. If John Brown's out, uh, John Brown practicing full. So, if John Brown plays, uh, I think you got to find a way to get him in your lineup as a wide receiver three flex. Cole Beasley, pretty safe for a 10, you know, 12 point PPR day. Uh, I really liked what I saw from Gabriel Davis, actually. Any any week that John Brown's out, I think you're going to want to start Gabe Davis because he actually had a touchdown call back last weekend. I think he caught all five of his targets as well. Uh, really good-looking rookie. If you can acquire him in Dynasty Leagues, I think I would co-sign that. So I like what I see out of Gabe Davis. I'm excited to see what Zach Moss can do healthy in this offense. Uh, like we said, the Chiefs allow a good amount of running back points. Uh, so we'll see how the snap splits look for Singletary and Moss. But... Yeah, man, uh, we, we got some the, – the noon games are going to be fun. The afternoon game, we got the America's Game of the Week, Packers-Bucks. We got a, a NFC West showdown on Sunday Night Football. And now we get this bonus Monday Monday afternoon game here. So Chiefs-Bills, this is a potential playoff matchup down the line at some point. So a lot of fun in this one, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But then we're going to finish up here with the final Monday Night Football game, Arizona Cardinals, Dallas Cowboys. So we're going to see Andy Dalton uh, get his first career start with Dallas. It should be a lot of fun. Let's just look here at the fantasy points allowed uh, for each team here. So only two green matchups here. Uh, the Cowboys are allowing a ton of receiver points here, about 45 PPR receiver points. Uh, so you're going to start DeAndre Hopkins. I think Christian Kirk is going to be startable this week. Larry Fitzgerald, I don't know if I want to mess with that, but I do like Christian Kirk a lot as the defense will have to focus on D-Hop. Uh, and then look at the tight end spot here. The Cowboys are allowing 16 fantasy points to the tight end. I really don't think we can trust uh, Daryl Daniels or uh, what's his name, Dan Arnold. I don't, I don't know if we trust the tight ends for the Cardinals. So this one kind of gets wasted. Uh, but then the Cardinals here, they have the one red matchup here. Uh, they are allowing the fifth least amount of points here to the, the wide receiver position. That's almost 30 PPR points per game. So that's going to make us a little bit nervous for Andy Dalton. But we do see that they allow... I mean, the rest of these numbers are kind of average, so I'm not too scared. But because they got Patrick Peterson, they got some decent cornerback play, uh, that might make me just limit my expectations for the receivers as a whole. Uh, but let's cover these charts real quick. Kyler Murray, you're starting Kyler Murray no matter what. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he's, he's plug and play. Christian Kirk, I think I talked about him a couple minutes ago, saying I like him as a wide receiver three flex. He's been showing some consistency the last couple weeks. He was dinged up week two or three, but he's finally, you know, healthy and strong. And he's actually stacked two really nice, you know, games together. Uh, so I think Kirk is gaining steam. He can be a wide receiver three. Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. Uh, I have both these guys rated as, you know, low-end RB2 flex plays. We see Chase Edmonds is getting all of the targets that everyone thought Kenyon Drake would be getting. But Kenyon Drake's getting all the rushing attempts. Uh, the Cowboys are decent against, against the running backs here, allowing about 24 PPR points. Uh, to the running back. So I think both guys can be used as low-end RB2 flexes. And then, yeah, I'm not trusting Larry Fitzgerald. I'm not trusting Isabella or the tight ends. But then on the Cowboys side, uh, I'm pretty excited to see what Andy Dalton's this offense looks like. I think we're going to see a lot of Ezekiel Elliott here. 
Uh, they're going to get Zeke at least 20 carries on this one, and we'll see how many targets he can get. Uh, but you're starting Ezekiel Elliott no matter what. Amari Cooper, I'm a little bit nervous about him getting coverage with Patrick Peterson. It's either Cooper or Michael Gallup will probably be split with Patrick Peterson for the most part. So uh, I, I really don't know if there's a lot of fruit on this for Andy Dalton this weekend against a good uh, secondary. Uh, I think if you have Amari Cooper, you got to roll him out there at least as a wide receiver two or three. CeeDee Lamb's been the most consistent receiver on this offense. Uh, I think every game he's played, he's been over double digits. So CeeDee Lamb's a must start for us in PPR leagues. He's catching touchdowns. He's going over 100 yards. Uh, he just he looks awesome. So CeeDee Lamb, plug him in as your wide receiver three. Uh, we talked about Michael Gallup a second ago. Uh, Michael Gallup made those two awesome plays with Andy Dalton. So I don't think Andy Dalton's afraid to target Michael Gallup deep. Uh, if you think about what Andy Dalton's done in his career with Cincinnati, he's done this with AJ Green before. He's done this, you know, with Tyler Boyd. So he's got a lot. I mean, if you comped Tyler Boyd and AJ Green, that would basically be, you know, CD Lamb in the slot, and that would be Michael Gallup kind of going deep. Uh, so I, I like both those guys there. And then you got Dalton Schultz here. We got a question real quick. I'll answer this. Uh, what's up, Stephen Drakes? Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for the question. So you got a question here. Full PPR. Todd Gurley, Miles Gaskin, Zach Moss, and James Robinson. So you need three of these guys. Uh, we're gonna. I think I'm safely gonna rule out Zach Moss. I think you have to start James Robinson uh, going up going up against Detroit. That's a really good spot for him there. Todd Gurley. He's got a really good matchup against the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings haven't really been great on, on defense as a whole. Uh, if you remember Sunday Night Football, Chris Carson took that one touchdown to the house from like 29 yards out. So they allowed some big plays. And then Miles Gaskin, uh, he's playing the Jets. He's playing the, he's playing the Jets. And uh, especially if Jordan Howard is a healthy scratch again, uh, Gaskin's got the goal line touchdown that Jordan Howard has been getting the last, you know, I guess the first two or three weeks. Uh, so I would rank them as James Robinson, uh, Todd Gurley, and then Gaskin. And then the thing with Zach Moss is I love Zach Moss's talent and his potential, uh, but he's been practicing in full this week. It's going to be his first game back. And I just think they're going to kind of ease him into it and see what he can do. But uh, I'm definitely keeping my eye on Zach Moss. I think he can actually overtake uh, Devin Singletary here as the weather gets colder and colder. Uh, I mean, just watching that game on Tuesday night, Devin Singletary is a good uh, shifty back, but Buffalo needs their hammer, you know, and that's what Zach Moss provides. So uh, hold on to Moss, but uh, those would be the three running backs I go with. And yeah, no problem, man. Thank you for hanging out and uh, asking questions. Uh, we were just talking about the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys here. Uh, talking about the receivers, I think all guys, all I mean, Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup are all in play, but uh, it's going to be hard for all three of them to hit. Um, so if I had to put my money on it, I think the safest one's C.D. Lamb to get over double-digit PPR points. With Michael Gallup, you're betting on him uh, connecting with a deep shot for, from Andy Dalton. But, yeah, we talked about uh, the last week when Dalton came in and he had that game-winning field goal drive. He connected with Gallup on that one. Uh, nice corner route uh, to that Gallup kind of toe tapped outside, and then he hit Gallup deep on that one shot to set up the field goal. Uh, so I think Gallup could get loose for a big player too. And then Cooper, he just needs to see the volume. He had a really bad game last week uh, against the cornerback there for the Giants. I can't remember his first name, but it's Bradbury. Uh, he's a really good young looking corner. So Cooper, hopefully he has a bounce back game. Uh, and then I got Dalton Schultz here as a tight end with a question mark on him. The Cardinals are decent against tight end only about 11.7 points. So he's kind of just like an emergency tight end one streamer play here. Uh, but yeah, this Cowboys offense with Dak Prescott, it was it was so good. And uh, I mean, Andy Dalton, 
as far as backup quarterbacks go, Andy Dalton is probably the perfect guy that the Cowboys could have signed because there's not that much of a drop-off, uh, I believe, from Dak to Andy Dalton as far as passing. The thing that Dak offers that Dalton does not is going to be the run, you know, the running plays and the, when the play breaks down, can, can Dalton scramble and make things happen that Dak would? That's not going to happen. So we'll see if Andy Dalton can stay standing upright behind this offensive line and uh, feed Zeke and feed his uh, talented receivers. Um, starting, I mean, we're not starting either of these defenses. I expect this game to be kind of a higher scoring affair. Cedric Wilson, we'll keep an eye on him, see if he gets more run as the wide receiver four. And then Tony Pollard, man. Uh, if Tony Pollard's available in your league and he's just hanging on the waiver wire, kind of like what we talked about, if, if injuries happen, uh, we'd love Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott, but if anything happens to Elliott, Tony Pollard looks good. He doesn't get a lot of touches, but when he gets the ball, this guy looks like a super explosive running back. He's got a really good, uh, he's got really good hands. He can catch the ball. He runs great routes. Um, so he's just a guy that I'm willing to add to the end of my bench in case you need to, uh, especially if you're an Ezekiel Elliott owner, you should have Tony Pollard locked in on your bench. So, uh, but yeah, that pretty much covers it for the week six uh, start sit charts. Uh, I want to say thank you for hanging out with me today. I just want to show you guys some more things we got working on here. Uh, next week's going to be weird. I'm going to be going to San Francisco for the week, uh, for the weekend. I'll be leaving on Thursday. So I'm going to try to get my start sits done uh, on Wednesday night next week. I'm going to try to get all those done uh, before I leave. We'll have the waiver wire column up uh, early in the week. And we'll have the opportunity report out on Monday or Tuesday as well. Uh, but yeah, a lot of things going on here. If you're new to the, the fellowship and the fellow show channel, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I put out three or four videos a week. I might even go live tomorrow uh, just to hang out and talk news and answer some questions if you guys need it. But uh, yeah, a lot going on. It's week six. A lot of COVID scares. Hopefully everything's on track to play, but it looks like we're okay right now. So fingers crossed. But um, but yeah, check out the Fantasy Fellowship. Thanks for hanging out. Follow me on Twitter. Hit me up with questions. And uh, oh yeah, I mean, if you, if you like Instagram or Facebook, we're also on there. You can check us out. Uh, just type in the Fantasy Fellowship on the Facebook bar, or you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at the fellow KGB. But uh, that's enough for today. Again, it's Friday about 4 o'clock. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Hang out with me tomorrow if you want to hang out. Probably go live around noon or so. But uh, yeah, take it easy. Peace.